welcome to episode 58 of Iron Man Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, so welcome along to episode 58 of Iron Man Talk, the shortened episode that it's going to be. Mm. I'm not even supposed to be here. You're not even supposed to be here. You're in Poland right now, aren't you? I am in Poland. Well, I'm halfway there. We're doing the Star Trek thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Iron Man Talk, this is uh, Ben James Owens and Coach John Newsom, and Iron Man Talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffees of Hawaii. Coffeesofhawaii.com. So we're doing a bit of a shortened show. We've basically done an interview with Albert, um, and we're going to chuck that on in the second half of the show. And uh, so we thought we'd just quickly put a quick show together to uh, make it a bit longer. And uh, so today's show is a bit abbreviated. Abbreviated. So today's show, what do we have? We've got some news. We have got a website of the week. Have we? No, we haven't actually. No? Well, why'd you put it there? I don't know. Oh, come on. <laughs> age, we do have an age group of the week again. Someone sent us through this age group of the week. We have an interview with Albert. Mm-hmm. What's his last name? Boyce. Albert Boyce, I knew that. Albert Boyce to Albertator. Um Now, Albert's actually one of the, you, you want to give the... Albert's his top... Uh, top uh, Top age group athlete. I'm not actually sure what age group he's in. Uh, I don't want to go there. No, nor do I. <laughs> 20 to 25. Yeah. He's been on the podium in Hawaii, so we really wanted to get a top age group on the show just to possibly share a few tips with you guys. And uh, He'd be in his 40s. Yeah, yeah he must be. He's yeah. got kids and stuff. Yeah. Well, I've got kids. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kid. You're going to have kids soon, mate. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. So anyway, our news, uh, we're just going to have a quick look at a couple of races. There's a bit of an iron cat in Spain. Yeah, so I, I'm really trying to give a lot of these... Iron distance races that aren't Ironman to push this year. So, really like this new site, k226.com. And there's, a, yeah, like I said, a new race going on in Spain, Iron Distance. It's down, it looks on the map to be sort of near the French Spanish border. And uh, we just really want to keep supporting these non WTC races and hopefully they'll grow and then the sport will grow as a whole as well. So, mm-hmm. so Bevan will put a link up to the show there. Uh, you know what? The, I probably won't. You won't? No, because this week I'm away as well. I'm actually not here either. Okay, what's the website address? We'll say it now. Okay, here we go. Well, then go to the K2221. Go to K226.com. Yeah. Or this, uh, the website is ironcat.org. They've yep. got a few different languages up there, so uh, everybody can be a winner. Yeah, there you go. Everyone's a winner, baby. Okay, St. Croix. St. Croix is 70.3. Beautiful race, apparently, but it's got a very, very tough hill in the middle of the course, so it's called the... Beast, the hill. Apparently, it's pretty tough. So I remember we need to name one of our hills like that, don't we? You need a hill in your local we've, area. We've got bitch one and bitch two. What are they? They're when you come around long bays and you. Yeah, but those. that's just not a hill. This is a bump in the road. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, we're gonna name a hill. We'll, we'll name some hills. But- Something. Bevan's Rise. Yeah, that's right. It's got a good ring to it. <laughs> anyway, we're looking at the pro list here. We've got Craig Alexander, so he's racing again. We expect Craig, I think he won last year. I think from last year he ran down Cameron Brown, or, or it was pretty close between him and Cameron yep. Brown. Cameron came in second, yeah. So I, th- I would say he's uh, Craig, and then there's Chris McCormick. So those two will probably be going head to head, and uh, we'll see how they, they come out. Who's going to take it out? I'd probably put my money on. Craig Alexander, I think. Ooh. I reckon he might be a bit more specifically prepared for it. Chris McCormick is, I'm sure, going to be having the big picture this year yeah. and really be focusing everything on Kona. So I know Chris McCormick was supposed to race in the California 70.3, but he didn't race, so, so who knows what's going on there. Who else is racing, Bevan? Richie Cutterman. One, One two, two, three, four, happy days. <laughs> da, 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 happy days. We actually planned this before the show. We, yeah. we thought we'd be cutting. Uh, so, yep, Richie Cunningham, he seems to be a pretty decent athlete. What else have we got? We've got... Um, That's more or less it in terms of the guy things. Uwe uh, Windman, he's yep. a pretty solid athlete from Germany. Yeah. But it's a relatively small profile that they've got up there. It is a small profile, uh, isn't it? Maybe it's, it's not up to date. Six, eight, ten, about 11 guys, but I'm sure you'll probably see a few short course guys uh, popping over there. On the girls' side of things, we've got Desiree Flicker. Is it Flicker or Ficker? Because well, you used to say flicker, and then somebody told you said it was wrong. Yeah, I think there's. An, I don't think the L's there. I think it's thicker. Okay, so that's what I thought. But too. it's spelt with an L here. Yeah. Yep. So yep, there you go. Anyway, she's uh, going to be coming off that Kona form last year, so it's yeah. interesting to see what she does. Uh, and then you have got Karen Smythes. She's certainly getting on a bit now, but she's still a pretty solid athlete. And and likewise, was, was Karen Smythes the one who got hit off the bike? She's. Karen Smythe's had everything happen to her. She's oh, been really? knocked off her bike. She's had cancer. Aliens. She fell through. <laughs> she fell through a window and just about killed herself oh, really? once. She's had everything happen to her. So and she keeps on trucking. Yeah, she's been a world champion. She's won Hawaii. She's a bit of a legend, really. 
We've also got Samantha McGlone. Uh, she may have won last year, I'm not sure, but she certainly did well uh, in, in a number of 70.3s, and she may have won the California 70.3 a few weeks ago. Also, Fee Doherty, good old... Uh, I don't know why the hell she's listed there from the UK, but she's from New Zealand. Yep. Bevan Doherty's sister, and she's an outstanding runner. Uh, not so good on the swim, okay on the bike, but an outstanding runner. So if she's anywhere within Kui of them coming off the bike... She should do really well. That's Sam McGlone. She's pretty sharp as well, isn't she? She's very good on the run. Yep. Okay, then, uh, so that's pretty much that race there. So good luck to the people I mean, talk listeners actually doing the race this weekend. Um, in the news as well, we also have a story about a female amputee completes an Ironman triathlon. So that was in Arizona very recently. So Kelly Bruno, she's only 23 years old, um, but I think she's become the second only amputee to, to finish an Ironman, according to this article. So there's Second female amputee. Yeah, so there's an article up on triathletemag.com, uh, and I think also Transition Times, so you can read up a bit more about that. But pretty outstanding. I mean, I, I know for those amputees, one of the big things that gets them, I'm not actually sure if she did it in the wheelchair or not, or if she did it on uh, the stumps. Um, but I know for those guys that do on the stumps. run on the stumps, they just kill themselves. I think the big challenge for the, the, the guys in the wheelchair is just getting through the bike, you know, on the on the hand cycle. That's very, very well, difficult. Obviously, the guys on the wheelchairs, it's a really hard day because it's just upper body all day, isn't it? You, yeah. you know, it's different variations, but... I think once they get onto the run, it's not too bad, but I think yeah. just getting through the bike is, is, is just incredible. Uh, and so that you see a number of people going to Kona and trying and failing there. Cause no, the she, yep, she's got the... So she's got the stump, um, so that's outstanding. So I think, yeah, those guys, they just get so sore. And I know speaking to one of the volunteers at Ironman New Zealand, they were saying that the guy who uh, yeah, the, team yeah. went up there, he just had to stop at some aid stations, take them off and just put ice on his stumps because they were just getting so incredibly sore. So hats off. Uh, she's got a charity that she's uh, working with. So if you go on to triathletemag.com, you can go on there and you can click onto her charity and your website's kellybruno.com. Kellybruno.com and uh, support these guys because I just think it's outstanding. It, it really is, isn't it? It's pretty amazing. <sighs> and um, anything else? Anything and that's else coming from somebody who doesn't like those happy stories on Iron Man, and I'm happy well, to see well, this. You're a happy man there lately, aren't you? you? Must be having a child, <laughs> eh? And uh, so we're just going to give you a bit of an update on the juices. We've been selling lots of juices, which is really cool because you're going to look really cool. And flash in your new Iron Man talk jersey. But we want more. Yeah, we're going to sell a billion jerseys. So a couple of things have just cropped up. We've only had the jerseys up there for two days, I think. Yep. But um, a couple of things that crop up. You don't need to have a PayPal account. You yep. can just go on there and you can just pay using your credit card. You click on the button, uh, yep. which says PayPal, then you put in the amount, plus the shipping and the totals amount, and then you can pay using your credit card. So What that means is that basically that you can use your credit card, but it comes through the money comes to us through PayPal. Yeah. Um, yep. And the other thing is the total amount that you put in the little totals box is the $115 plus your shipping uh, so based yeah, on where you live based on where you live so there is maybe slightly confusing there's another thing that says shipping elsewhere on their page just ignore that put the 115 plus the shipping amount and then flick the uh, uh, word document filled in with your order form uh, off to the email address and you're away laughing and then you'll be the coolest kid in your cycling crew yeah everyone will be like oh we'd get it top it's going to be full zip remember Full full zip. <laughs> so you'll be extra cool. Extra cool. <laughs> and just a thing on. And it's what's cool about full zip is you can walk down the beach with it undone. Mmm, nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Have you ever done like Tri Geek? Like an epic camper delivery went out one day looking like the real bad Tri Geek? Well, no, on my stag do. I Actually, have... back it up. On your website, you've got your photo of you running and you've got the Tri Geek Hitman. You've got the, the Speedos in the top. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Where, where, but I was racing. Oh, okay. Okay, <laughs> okay. your you, you stags do? On my stags, though, I had a pair of bike pants that had the ass cut out of them. <laughs> Back up! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't <even> know that. <laughs> and it had the uh, it had a little flap. Somebody had sewed on a little flap underneath the. <laughs> it was yeah, it was, it was a bad scene. Uh, but anyway, no. There you go. So there you go. That's our news. Gone his pants with. <laughs> Age Grouper of the Week. So uh, this week we got uh, an email sent through from James Walsh. And James Walsh has actually nominated one of his friends. And mm -hmm. his friend's name is Brian Dunn from Fountford, Fountain Hills, Arizona. And the reason he's doing it is because, John? Brian did his first Ironman, which is uh, always an impressive thing. And he started and doing triathlon 11 months ago. Yeah, and he went out and did a 9.43, which is a very solid first first uh, Ironman by all accounts. And he took fourth in his age group, qualified for Kona, and it was all, he also got a puncher. 
So to go 943 with a punch is pretty solid, I think. Fish in your first race. What did you do in your first? I did uh, 1059. Mm. So yeah, yeah. And Brian smoked you. He caned me. Yeah. Brian's actually the guy a while ago, he sent us through an email telling the story about how his mum had done Kona. Oh, yeah. Like 20 years earlier, and that, you know, that his real inspiration for doing the race was to see if he could do Kona. Uh, obviously, his mum was an inspiration to him to actually, you know, kind of live the dream that his mum dreamed. And Very nice. um, so, you know, well, it's it's that is pretty awesome in your first race at nine forty three, isn't it? Very, very solid. Yeah, very solid. So, uh, good stuff, Ryan. And you're going to be off to Kona. Yep. And we're not going to see you there because we're not going to be there this year. Unless someone wants to sponsor us to do some reporting to Kona. <laughs> that's a good point, actually. Live reporting. Yep. Let's see if we could do a live feed. Yeah. Yep. We'll show the Ironman.com how to really produce a, yeah, a high right. quality professional show. So we shouldn't probably be critical of them after that, eh? <laughs> okay, so uh, Brian, you are our age, age grouper of the week. They won't put music on now because you're just going to do an intro to Albert. I've already, I kind of done the intro to Albert. So here's oh. the interview right now. Okay, fine then. Here we go. Here's Albert. Okay, so on the show today, we're very happy to have uh, Albert Boyce. The Albinator. The Albinator. Uh, now, the reason we wanted to get Albert on the show is we've had some uh, top pros on lately, uh, but we also know that a lot of people have been asking about getting some, some really good age groupers and really seeing how they manage to fit in training with general life because uh, we all aren't in the fortunate position where we can train full-time like the pros. So we thought Albert it would be a perfect example to get on. He's been uh, on the podium in Kona. He's got an Ironman PB of um, about 9 hours, 18 minutes, so he's certainly pretty handy in that department and recently finished 23rd, I think it was, at the California 70.3. sensational run. So uh, welcome to the show, Albert. How's, uh, how's your week, week been so far? Oh, pretty good. How you doing, guys, down there? It's uh, sort of warm in California, northern California. Trying to get it warm anyway. Well, it's, here. it's sort of cold here. So. <laughs> Trying to get cold. <laughs> there you go. So, but um, yeah, a number of people may have heard you uh, on Epic Camp, and uh, we've obviously talked about you once or twice. But what's your sort of background before you maybe got into triathlon, and, and how did you sort of first get into the sport? Well, basically, I grew up as a swimmer um, from a pretty young age, and I swam competitively and was sort of stuck in a long distance group from a young age. And I swam through uh, high school. And I wasn't competitive enough to swim in college, so in college I still swam some, and I had a, um, some roommates that were very high-caliber uh, cross-country and distance runners and got into running a little bit with them. And I think probably around then, um, the early 80s was uh, when Greg LeMond was starting to uh, do things overseas. So, you know, picked up a bike, and triathlons weren't really, you know, I guess they, well, in 1984, I remember in the Summer Olympics, uh, we went down that summer and did a, back then it was the Bud Light Series um, in Southern California, and that was the first one I did, and um, just sort of jack of all trades, had a lot of fun, and was pretty good at it, so did them for maybe a couple years, and then got married, and my wife and I uh, sort of did other things for uh, probably the next 15, 17 years, and got back into it around 2000, well, around 2001, 2002. Nice. What got you back into it? What made you decide to go back into it? Um, just actually, I was really sort of oblivious to, you know, how triathlon, the popularity of triathlon, and I, I think I did the marathon, and uh, basically as my kids got older, I, a little, you know, once they, they weren't toddlers anymore, it got easier, and just... Uh, suddenly realized, hey, you know, triathlon is a really popular sport now. And, um, just, you know, just did a few races and uh, got back into it. And uh, I think, uh, you know, at least for me, as, as our kids got older and got into elementary school and, and, and later years, it's, it's gotten easier to sort of manage the schedule. Why, why have you sort of uh, gravitated a bit more towards uh, long-distance racing over short course, or do you still do, you know, some short course racing? Yeah, I do some short course races, but um, I probably—I mean, I've always been endurance oriented, so the longer the distances seem to suit me better. But I think also Ironman is is much more of a puzzle than the shorter distances. I mean, you know, for me, you know, for me, an Olympic is pretty much balls out, and even a half is pretty much—you're pretty much going as hard as you can the whole time. And I've learned. The hard way, you know, I think I've done six 
Ironmans now, two year, look for the last three years, that it's it's much more of a riddle trying to figure it out because of nutrition and everything else. But um, I haven't figured it out yet. So I think that's <laughs> part of the challenge trying to put together the perfect race, which I you know I think I can in my head. But when it comes to actually executing and nutrition or anything else, it's it's a bit more complicated. Do you actually have a favorite race? Oh, sorry. Do you actually have like a favorite race? Um, I mean, I really like Kona because I, 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 I mean, I don't like swimming in, I don't like swimming in a wetsuit. So, um, huh. you know, just the whole scene there is is uh, is pretty special. But I'm, you know, I'm pretty routine. I mean, I just I do quarter lane Ironman every year, and then try to do Kona if I qualify. So. Um, you know, Coeur d'Alene's a great course also, beautiful. So that sort of leads us on to my, my next question. I'm, I'm, I'm I can get good at structuring these questions. He, he does, he writes them down for me. I've got any points, which one I've got to ask Nancy, like my mother. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you, you mentioned um, Coeur d'Alene in Hawaii there. Is that pretty much, I mean, how, how do you sort of structure your year? Is it pretty much based around racing as well as you can at Coeur d'Alene and then going on to Kona, or do you pretty much aim to, to structure your season to peak in Kona and, and hope like hell you're going to qualify? Um, I've pretty much done the same schedule the last three, yeah, this will, I guess be the third year in a row, which is, well, the last two years doing Epic Camp in New Zealand has been great. I mean, I did two years ago sort of on a whim just to see how I could handle it, and I think that definitely provided a lot of physical and mental benefits for the year, and I think I'll you know, accrue those same benefits this year, but that's, you know, early in the year, and then typically um, do Ralph's, you know, the half Ironman, which is now California, whatever they call it, <laughs> and, um, and you know, so that's sort of the early season kickoff for me, and then um, I do a marathon, which I just did, and then that takes a couple of weeks to recover from, so that's sort of disruptive, but it's, I, I enjoy it doing it and then um you know there's various races here in northern california in may or so which i just sort of trained trained through on on the build up to Coeur d'Alene and then after Coeur d'Alene you know usually take some family vacation which sort of forces me to take some downtime which is good nice. and then and then try to you know ramp it back up again through uh you know, the rest of the summer and the fall here in Northern California, which is good for Conex, is it can be really hot and it's typically really windy. So I think those conditions help um, for racing in October. What kind of um, what kind of hours do you put in? Maybe you know, when you're going into a block, leading into an Ironman, what kind of hours do you put in a week for your training? You know, I, I don't do as many as. Um, is is you know a lot of people would appear to do as far as I, to be honest, I haven't much time to really go online and check out any of the forms. Lately, I used to you know check out Gordo's form pretty diligently, um, but I you know I get up into the mid you know I, I'd say the mid twenties is about for for me the whole thing is just scheduling, just trying to juggle work and family and everything else, and beyond like twenty three twenty four hours, it is seriously. I mean, I don't have a spare second trying to go from one thing to the other. So that's pretty much that's pretty much it. But I, you know, I have pretty strong belief. I mean, I remember two years ago at Epic, you know, showing Scamalina my training law. You know, he couldn't believe how few hours you know I did then. You know, the previous year I think I averaged probably averaged like you know 16 or so. And I'm a firm believer in just consistency, just day after day, week after week, just repeating the same thing. Over and over again, with some you know periodization, some some you know uh, volume increases, but just repeating it week after week and not having any downtime from you know trying to do an ep you know an epic week and then you know getting it done, but but being totally flat and getting sick or something like that, and then going to zero training hours. So I you know I really try to avoid those cycles, and I, so I think consistency really pays off. Uh, typically, I mean, are you, are you doing you know three swims a week, four bikes, four runs, or you you focus a lot more on one or the other? Typical week is you know swim long on Monday, um, on Tuesday ride in the hills uh, for like uh, do I, I you know basically do like an hour and a half loop in the hills, and then I 
typically after that I'll, I'll do variations of a workout, which uh, I think you told me about, John, and it's really worked for me is I just call them Newsome bricks, actually. And <laughs> it'll be, it'll be uh, varying brick intervals of, you know, say like four intervals where I'll do a four-mile bike, jump off, and uh, do a mile run, and then jump, you know, jump back on the bikes to do like four of those. And it's, uh, you know, in the hills. And so it works really well for me because I can totally get my heart rate up on the run just by you know, the first, I don't know, a quarter mile or so or, or a gradual, relatively steep hill. And so that cranks my heart rate up without trashing my legs. So that seems to work really well for me. So that's Tuesday. Swim on Wednesday, you know, run Wednesday night, and then ride long on Thursday, you know, like three hours sort of time trial mode in the flats yeah and then uh swim on friday swim easy on friday run easy on friday and then i always do a long ride on saturday and a long run on sunday so i pretty much that sort of schedule works you know between work and family i've sort of figured out how to pull it off and pretty much repeat that schedule week after week You'll be. Uh, I'll be expecting those royalties on the new. The new some Satanish. So so with the, um, you know, you're obviously a busy businessman as well, and, and you've got kids and family, and you know, for our listeners, we've got a lot of listeners who are kind of new. What are some tips that you use to manage all your time with all those things in your life? Because you obviously, you know, do things to a high level in everything that you do. Um, what, what, yeah. How do you how do you make it work? Um, well, I have a, you know, I have a phone with internet access on the phone, so I can constantly check my email in my car, and pretty much this is, one good tip for me is, is, uh, I literally have a training locker in my trunk where I just, all my triathlon gear just stays in my trunk, so, as I clean jerseys or, you know, clean my laundry, things like that, it just goes back in the truck, all my swim gear's in there, all my cycling gear's in there, so I'm never having to run around you know, looking for lost stuff or things like that because I don't have the time. So typically in the morning, you know, you know, one, one day a week at least, so I'm taking my you know middle son to school, just throw the bike on the roof of the car, and that's all I need to do other than, you know, toss up some drinks. So I'd say a mobile training locker can save you, you know, 15 minutes a day, and that adds up over a week. Um, I do a lot of running at night because running is the one thing you can do when people are asleep and it's dark. Yeah. Um. What else? It's just it's just all time management. I mean, I pretty well you know I have a great coach and we sort of block we sort of you know map out two week schedule at a time. So at the start of every week, I just sort of mentally figure out okay, you know what time do I need to leave leave work? You know what you know what can I do at night? Then I need to get done work wise things like that. So it's just sort of always mapping out a day ahead of time. Uh, you know what I need to do to be able to pull off. That, you know, the next day's schedule. Do you um, actually send through your kind of, you know, work time schedule through to your coach? I'm sorry? Do you send through, like, your work time schedule through to your coach? No. I no. just, I, you know, I, I just see what he comes up with, and then I figure out how, how I'm going to make it work. And, and and also, does your coach give a lot of freedom to move things around based on, you know, where you're at, or...? Um. Well, we can, you know, we've we've worked together for four or five years, and so we have a pretty good intuition of uh, how I'm feeling. Or, you know, we'll text each other, and and uh, I swim with him a couple of days a week, so he can yeah. he can usually tell tell what's going on. Nice. So uh, there's not a lot there's not a lot of variation. I mean, I'm um, usually smart enough not to do something too stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Do you use um, heart rate and power and things like that very much for your training and racing? Yeah, and I I, I use heart rate for every uh, everything other than swimming. So I mean, I I track all my training through uh, Polar's software, which I really like. Mm. I mean, we'll you know generate reports and just sort of keep track of stuff. So I dump all my stuff on the, into Polar software, and I use a power meter. You know, I was totally into it for the first couple of years, and and now. I mean, I use it more for just keeping me honest, I guess, on efforts. I mean, I know what my power is, and, and it on rides forces me uh, to not slack off too much. I mean, for me, that's the benefit of, benefit of a power meter, where uh, especially in a race where you would you could 
think that you're on flat ground or you're, you're just cranking along. But if you even have a slight decline, I mean, you you need to increase your effort. Otherwise, your you know your power is going down. So there are a lot of opportunities to where it sort of slaps you in the face and keeps you paying attention to uh, your 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 the effort in your legs. Do, um, what is it? Oh, keep keep going. No, I was just going to say, you know, my pretty much constant battle with heart rate is just is, um, you know, I'm kind of, within a week cycle, I mean, I'm pretty much chronically fatigued, so I'm always dealing with the issue of trying to get my heart rate up, so mm. uh, that's, you know, part uh, what I use a heart rate monitor for, it's just, especially trying to run, trying to uh, get it up. But when, you, when you're in fatigue, do you still try to keep it up, or do you just accept you're in fatigue? Well, I'd say for running, I try to you know, I, I sort of have different benchmarks, which, which you know, I feel like I, 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 my my fitness benefits. You know, if if I just go out slogging on a run and my heart rate's at one ten or so, I don't, I'm not sure that I'm accomplishing a lot in my mind. But if I can make the effort to get it up to one thirty or so, I, I think the benefits are greater. So, um, you know, that's why again, something like those intervals, I think, are they really help me. Uh, push through flatness because I'm running up hills. I mean, you're, you don't have any choice. Your heart rate's going up, so mm. force forces your muscles to activate. Mm. So what are, what are some of the big mistakes you've made along the way? You, you know, you're obviously a pretty successful age grouper. What are some of the big mistakes you've made along the way? Well, I think one of my challenges, which I still haven't totally figured out, is I have a real hard time eating on the bo- eating in an Ironman um, or, or any race. I just just physically, I cannot. It's very difficult for me to force myself to stick you know, to take in any nutrition. And so I can drink stuff usually, but as far as you know, goos or gels, I, I can't eat anything solid. And goos or gels are tough. And so um, that's one of the challenges I'm really working on to try to. Uh, execute better nutrition on the bike and the latter stages of the bike and especially uh, in a transition going into the run that's going to be one of my big goals in Coeur d'Alene is just trying to get calories in because my challenge is always feel great and then an Ironman you know the second half of the run it's just you know it's like the batteries are just running out of power <laughs> I, I can pretty well just I can pretty well connect the dots with just you know a severe deficit of calories going in so that's a, that's a real challenge for me. Is I just cannot, it's very difficult for me to um, to get the calories in, and it's sort of a vicious circle. You know, is 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 your brain becomes more calorie starved, your decision making gets even worse. So it's even harder to get them in. So that's I'm really I'm really trying to work on that one. And, and how are you actually going about addressing that? What's that? How are you actually going about addressing it? Are you trying to find nutrition maybe it's easier to consume or like, you know, are you just trying to make yourself eat more or? Well, I told my coach, I said, you know, Coeur you better be screaming at me when I come out of the tent. Have you taken 600 calories? If not, go in and sit down. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I remember at Kona last year, I had some issues on the bike, that just frustrating, distracting issues. And I was so just caught up with trying to make up time on the run that I, you know, taking like a hundred calories on, you know, in the transition tent, that was it. And I'm good for like, you know, logically looking at it in hindsight, 2020, I was good for three or four miles and then just the wheels fell off. <laughs> so, um, I just think I need to have the discipline to get the calories in. I mean, I have mixes that have the calories and it's, when things get hot, especially, you know, if things are cold, it's a lot easier in training, nice cold drinks or, Things like that, but especially in a race where you know it's been cooking in the transition back for five hours, <laughs> less than appetizing. I remember. So I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna try to I guess have different sources of stuff and maybe something will be appealing or tolerable. I remember down in Wanaka when I was running along, everybody was going, "Go, John! Go, John!" Albert's just yelling at me, "Nutrition! Nutrition! Nutrition!" <laughs> That's right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you can think really clearly when you're not racing, but in the heat of the battle, I tell you, it's just, uh, you know, I'm just very, very, 
it's like I have blinders on. I just, I can't, it's very difficult to see the big picture. I mean, I write notes to myself and I'll be sitting there staring at the notes the whole time on the bike and I'm still spacing out. So, <laughs> so I mean, that's a tough one. Kona, you've been to Kona a few times now um, and I know you've seen some, some highs and lows there. Are there any particular tips you, you might have for first timers going to Kona that, that they might benefit from? You know, I would, I would, I guess I would say is, um, if you can keep it under control on the bike, I, I think that would help because, you know, obviously Gordo has, has preached this many times. I mean, gee, if you make a pacing mistake going too slow on the bike, you have a whole marathon to make up for it. And so many people, you know, just go out so hard on the bike and, you know, because you're totally fit, you're tapered, you know, more tapered than you've been any time during the year. You have all the adrenaline. And you jump on the bike and you think, oh, this is effortless. And that's definitely the benefit of a power meter or a heart rate monitor looking down and your heart rate's like 165. <laughs> You're like, whoa. <laughs> because, you know, I think the issue in Kona is just the, the humidity and the heat. Just, you know, I have pretty good data for me anyways. That, that layers on an extra, you know, five to seven heartbeats instantly. So you, ha- you it's like your engine is being stressed that, that much more from the get-go. So the margin for error is is a lot smaller. So if you can, you know, if you can run strong there, you, you can make up tons of tons of places, tons of time, mm. because the you know the majority of people um, leave it on the bike and and they they don't have it on the run. Well, um, you obviously you know being a busy busy man and you know you obviously get your time slots in your day where you can get your training in. Um, and you also train a lot solo. Well, John's written this down. I'm assuming it's true. Um, so you train a lot solo. So what helps you get through? First of all, get you out the door, um, and also to get you through the real tough sessions. What do you maybe do mentally, or things that you can add to your training that you find work? <laughs> it helps. Um, you know, I've been swimming with my coach and somebody else at a, at a different pool this year. I used to do all my swimming by myself in an indoor gym, and that was horrible. Indoor gym sounds horrible. In indoor pool, just terrible, and and so my swimming's improved this year just by hat, but just by swimming with two other guys that are completely different speeds. But you know, I can benefit from them, and they can benefit from me. You know, whether you're lapping somebody and they try to you know hold on for ten seconds, or you Mm. know they're doing you know seventy fives and you're doing a hundred or something like that. So that's a huge benefit for me in the pool because I unfortunately I mean there's some great swim programs around, but I can't. You know, my work schedule, I can't, I can't swim with a program, so I, I pretty much have to swim on my own. I'd say cycling. I mean, you know, I, I do the same routine, pretty much the same schedule every week in the same locations, but they're beautiful schedules. I mean, I really enjoy being outdoors. I enjoy nature. I enjoy seeing the seasons. You know, the cyclical seasons: springtime, winter. You know, winter storms, spring flowers, whatever. So that. Helps me get through that, and you know, I, I, I you know, listen to Walkman, listen to sports talk radio, and and then on the runs, I'd say you guys are killer with it. Seriously, with your podcast, and there's been a lot of times, especially late at night, where the only reason I get out the door is to listen to your episodes. There we go. That's worked you. well. That's pretty much the only time I can listen to your episodes is if I'm out running by myself. So <laughs> that's like the benefit of a. Of, uh, of the podcast. So now you guys just need to do a five-hour podcast for my long rides on Saturday, and I'll be sad. <laughs> <laughs> We're working on it. We'll have to talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> You've also uh, been... The po- seriously, the podcasts have been great. They've, they've really helped me, uh, you know, because then you can just sort of space out and listen to you guys, and you're just running along, and before you know it, you know, the run's done. So that, that helps. I, I actually totally agree because I know for my own running, if I've got a nice podcast that I want to listen to, it kind of you don't actually have to think about the physical effort, do you? You can just think, oh, I can be listened to, entertained by the podcast there. Mm. Exactly. Mm. So you've, you've been on a couple of epic camps now. I mean, you mentioned them briefly before, but um, do you find that quite an important part of your build up? And what do you sort of get out of them? Well, I've really enjoyed them. I mean, um, you know, I think the first year was mental. I just wanted to see if I could do it and see how many hours I could pile in. And uh, I'd say, yeah, I was in pretty good shape coming into it. And I'd say this last year I was a little more out of shape and, and got whacked by the hot weather some. But, 
No, I, I get a lot mentally out of it, just sort of exploring the boundaries and you know, seeing how much uh, you know aerobic activity I can put in. And I, I get, I think I get some important lessons where I can clearly see. You know, I think you know within those two weeks, you know, I reached the point of overtraining. You know, near, near the end, so I can clearly see the symptoms of uh, uh, what overtraining would be. You know, here at home, if I ever somehow, which I don't think I could, but if I ever somehow got my sit, you know. Myself into that situation, I can clearly see the symptoms. I mean, I remember the end of Epic this year, you know, before camp, you know, I remember John, you said, hey, you, want, you know, you asked everybody, hey, you want to sign up for Challenge Wanak? And I said, yeah, great, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll, I'll for sure do the swim on the bike and let's do the whole thing. I'll just cruise it. And I remember the, you know, the day before that race, and we're all literally, all literally asleep, you know, and the athletes, you know, briefings, I mean, there was no way. I couldn't even do the swim. I was so, you know, so whacked that I just went to an internet cafe the next day for the whole day because, and, and it took me a week after that to recover to sort of recover and say, wow, I mean, you were really shelled, you know, so shelled that, you know, you couldn't even get up for something like that. So, so I think there's been a lot of, you know, for me, a lot of good personal data on, on, um, you know, what I can do, but also, um, what massive volume does. To um, to you know, quality sessions. I mean, it pretty well. You know, in 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 some ways, it really kills the quality. And so, I'm a pretty big believer in having a lot of quality effort in my sessions. And and I I, I think quality is good. And I think massive volume like that has its place. But I, I think it it can have diminishing returns also. Um. You know, you've been doing the sport for a while now. Is it a sport you want to stay doing for a long time? Um, what's what's kind of your plan here forward? And also, do you question doing the sport because it is so consuming? Well, I mean, I think we're all, you know, obviously we're comp- <laughs> not compulsive by nature in a, in a lot of ways. But no, I, I love the sport. I love the sport because it's because it's competitive and it's. Um, it's you know it has different age groups, so I can see doing it for a long time. I mean, it's fun. I've gotten to meet a lot of great guys in my age group, and yeah, you know, we've run through the years together. And I think I think it's a great sport. I mean, I think it's it's fun to have an endurance sport, which really rewards you know older people. I mean, mm. there aren't a lot of other sports where I can compete you know head to head with guys in college or younger where they just don't have the endurance base yet. So us old guys can you know. Still compete, <laughs> so no. I, I think it's good just for quality of life. I mean, I I think it's um, training has really improved my quality of life as far as fitness and you know the forced focus on nutrition and there's a lot of benefits that come from that. So uh, no, it's a great sport and uh, it's you know it's great to travel. I mean, I would hope someday once all the kids are in college. I mean, I'd love to be able to uh, do different. Uh, you know, races overseas that we, you know, we can't do right now. So I'll just keep them going quarter line every year. But someday it'd be fun to go do, you know, rope or things like that. Mm-hmm. So you're also one of the men behind Coffees of Hawaii. Um, I mean, any new developments there and, and how's that all going at the moment? Yeah, um, we're hoping to uh, hopefully by the time, uh, well, hopefully sometime this week, we'll go live with our new website, um, We've gotten some good support from your listenership, and we appreciate it. And uh, the current website doesn't really reflect what we're trying to accomplish with the company and the brand. So hopefully, the new one will better uh, better show our values and what we're trying to accomplish. So we're looking forward to growing, and uh, hope people will take a look at it and give us feedback. Um, we, uh, you know, we, you know, really strongly believe that we have quality coffee, and so we're trying to do a lot of different things with it. And uh, it goes hand in hand with uh, triathlon and with Ironman training and triathlon, and uh, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. We really appreciate your guys your guys support. We appreciate oh, yeah, you. You guys have been a big help to us. Um, oh yeah. Do you have anything else to say? No, just uh, so just for your next race is what? What's that? Brother? What's your next race? Next race would be, um, I think uh, there's a race called uh, Auburn International, which is like a half Ironman yep. in Auburn, which is Northern California. It's on. Uh, it has uh, 
I don't know if you guys have heard of the Western States 100, which is a 100-mile endurance run in the Sierra Mountains, but um, it has portions of the run on it, so the run, it's you know it's a pretty hilly ride, and uh, the run is a bear, so it's two loops <laughs> of some really tough hills where uh, there's portions that you walk just because you can't run, and um, so it's great, you know, it's a great sort of uh, training day for uh, you know an Ironman, which is what about a month after that, so. Scott Molina wa- wanted to know how your uh, how Boston went for you. Ooh, it, <laughs> it's uh, it was my fifth year in a row, and this was probably the toughest. We had they, you know, literally the previous four years have been hot, which for a person from California is just fine, and everybody on the East who's trained all winter in the snow or the Midwest is freaked out by the hot. But this year was cold, wet, and windy with a nor'easter, so it was. Um, it it wasn't raining too bad, but it was cold and it was windy. And so the second half, especially the second half of the course, there was a headwind the whole way, and so that sucked. <laughs> um, so it was it went okay. I was about four minutes, four or five minutes slower than last year, which I, I don't know how much to attribute to the uh, wind. Definitely some, and my legs. It must have been at least ten minutes. Uh, probably thirty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think well, so. Just, just curious, up. what's the difference between your marathon time and your Ironman marathon time? Well, well, um, last year it's it's well last last year I did a two forty three, and the best I've done in Ironman is a 3.12. And so I point right there to nutrition problems because I, you know, I believe that I should be able to run a three-hour marathon in an Ironman. So, yep. you know, they're two completely, completely yeah, different totally races. Curious, I mean, yeah. a standalone marathon is just, you're pretty much just going as hard as you can. And in you know, Ironman, is, that's what's so seductive. I mean, Ironman runs is, hey, you're just, just sort of cruising, but it's... Mm-hmm. You have to hold you on. Know, my, in my situation, it's just like you're in a such. It creates such a calorie deficit. Yeah, I'm cruising, and I'm you know cruising even slower and slower. Mm. It's sort of a slow motion slowdown. So that's Mil- a challenge. That's why we keep coming back. For, for the listeners out there, Melina and I we were talking down down the road, and one thing about Albert is when he runs, he smacks himself. There's no holding back. Eh? He's, I remember on Epic Camp watching you run. He's just a man on a mission. To get out of his way, and uh, I love watching you run, mate. You smack it. There's no holding back. <laughs> so, thank you very much for your time today, Albert, and uh, we'll let you get on, get on for dinner. Very good. It was great talking to you guys. Mm. And we'll uh, we'll catch up with you probably next January in uh, at Epic. I sure hope so. So good luck with all the rest of your racing this season. All right, guys. Cool. Kick Thanks, man. Yeah, nice. Very right. good. So first of all, we have a Skype question from Glenn. Here we go. Hey guys, I like to look at the jerseys. I'll be ordering uh, a couple of at least, just um, around for the changing size for training. Hey, I've got a question for you. I'm doing. Uh, I'm lucky enough to be doing right. Uh, in a few uh, months' time, and I've got a section there called Bear Hill, where uh, you climb a hill and the locals uh, proffer you bear. Now, I'm just wondering um, how, what your thoughts are, whether that's going to affect my performance, whether it's a performance uh, booster, or it's going to affect uh, my performance by uh, slowing me down. Um, I'm a keen bear drink or something that's going to help. What are your thoughts? Thanks, guys. That's a sensational question, isn't it? Yeah. And I'd, I'd, I'd be saying, you know, realistically, Glenn's a, a solid-sized man. I think he'd be able to ho- hold a good uh, three pints there. And, three pints? And he'd, Can would, you have three? It wouldn't have any effect on his race. What about, what about me? Yeah, you'd, you'd be able to have a sip. <laughs> and I think your race would deteriorate quickly afterwards. <laughs> well, I don't drink, so I'd have a sniff and I'd be gone burger. Mm. Although, that could be the highlight. I mean, once I played rugby when I was younger, and I was drunk, and had the game of my life. <laughs> Player of the day, scored a try. <laughs> that was sensational. <laughs> No, I think uh, what I'd be probably recommending is you maybe save Bear Hill for later in the day. Maybe walk up Bear Hill after you've had the race. So Bear Hill's on, on the ride? Yeah, I think so. But what about, yeah, what think, about it? What about just for the experience? Well, like a beer's not going to kill you, is it? I don't think it's going to do wonders for your race. Come on, Melina would be able to do it. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so I'd probably be recommending not having any beer on the course, but I'd be recommending having a few afterwards. Yep. And uh, and the thing for you, Glenn, though, you can just make sure you finish a little bit quicker, so then you can nip out to Bear Hill and still watch a few people out there and uh, and enjoy the experience. I'm actually going to be catch up with Glenbo because he's going to route, and so him and I are going to catch up. And mm-hmm. and anyone actually anyone else who's an Ironman Talk listener who's going to be in route, give me an email on ironmantalk at gmail dot com. And uh, I probably won't be trying too hard to have an official meetup like we did at Ironman New Zealand, but I'm definitely going to be around, and so maybe we could all get together at some pub or something, and maybe before or after the race, I'm going to hang out for a couple of days afterwards. So. Um, yeah, let me know what you're doing. So other questions and answers we have. Um, what else? It was just a comment, really. We, uh, oh, very it's, cool. It's always quite interesting to hear when we, we come up with a website of the week and then the person who set up the website or owns the website comes back to us. Yeah. And, uh, so that was great. So we had Jesse, who last week we had triathloncalculator.com as our website of the week. We just yeah. had to get that in. <laughs> and Jesse was the guy who set it up. So he just wanted to clarify a couple of things because we, we were a bit rushed when we went through it. And yep. uh, and I was sort of saying I put in my different training values and nothing happened. So yep. here we go. So f- first comment, he said, sorry, everything is in feet and pound, uh, pounds. It's almost impossible for me to think in terms of meters and kilos. I do realize, though, that the rest of the world does and hope to make another version soon. So that would nice. be great for us Kiwis and, and Aussies and uh Yep. and everywhere else he's saying that um, the calculator can be used for any distance triathlon including Ironman however it becomes difficult to predict system breakdowns at, the dis- at that distance and therefore times are more difficult to predict and I think that's kind of what Albert was saying about you know doing the race is that you know there's so many more it's a, such a harder puzzle to figure out and, and this is a real example of it that uh, yeah so he's saying it's especially true for lower volume athletes all times are considered best case scenario which is the point we made I was saying you know I put in my figures and I thought well, that's probably about as good as I can go. So yep. it is really looking at, uh, you know, probably as fast as you can go. So bear that in mind if you do go on there. Our volume input significantly in influence finish times, especially for the longer distance races where endurance is a limiter versus speed potential. Mm, so maybe I just stuffed up when I was uh, putting in different training volumes and thinking you did. Maybe I did. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, he's given us a couple of other links which explain the basic theory behind the calculator. So. Which I haven't actually had a chance to read that, but I'm sure it'd be pretty cool because, mm. it, you know, he's obviously getting it right if, mm. you're, if you're thinking when you did it. That and then he also does have another site called runcalculator.com that uses training volume and speed potential to make estimates on a run performance. So I think that'd be quite cool as well. Yeah, I'm actually interested. I'm, I will read this because I'm interested to see, um, the, the, you know, how do you actually figure that out? Mm. Mm. You know, what's that based on? And uh, so, yeah, so thanks for that, um, Jesse. And... Uh, you guys want to go on here? It's triathloncalculator.com, which was at our website last week or the week before? Mm, Lately. Maybe the week before. Which will be just one thing on the links. Um, I, I kind of haven't been so good at keeping the links page up to date, but if you go into our archive page, if you ever, if you listen to an older show and you want to get the links from the show, if you go to the archive page for that show, um, I always do that week's website, so all the links are on the website for that show then. So that's just a good piece of information. It is a good piece of information. So uh, I'm in talk is proudly brought to you by Coffees of Hawaii, and it's an yeah. exciting time for Coffees of Hawaii. Because sometime this week they should have their new site up and live. So. We haven't actually got to see it, and I'm a bit gutted because I like watching new websites. Mm, it's exciting. We'll do it the week after maybe. Yep. Coffeesofhawaii.com. Get on there and uh, order away. North American listeners, just get on there and they've got their online shopping cart which I'm sure they'll still have on their new website yep. and anybody else uh, around the world can just go on there, pop them an email tell them what you want and they'll uh, they'll look after you make sure you say you're an Ironman Talk listener so yep. then they know that they're getting some uh, some good feedback from the show and and like we said you know, um, by supporting them you're supporting us and the show will keep rolling on the love keeps going on, just one thing is that have, Albert- have you bought an apron yet? Yeah, I got three of them. <laughs> My mum, no. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Albert was just saying that they would actually like to get some feedback on the website. So if you just want to go on there once it's up, which it should be up by the time the show is released, um, go on there, have a look at it, see what you think, and uh, really think of usability. Think of someone who's a client and uh, maybe just give them some feedback. They'd much appreciate that, I mm. imagine. Uh, what are you going to choose today, mate? This week's month special is the Hawaiian Island style. Seven ounces of pure island pleasure, whole bean or ground. It's usually $6, and this month it's only four ninety-five. You know what? I don't actually think they changed their monthly special. Oh, well. But you know what? Great. My new website, they will. I know. That's a good special. So, yeah. Very it, cheap. Oh, that's very cheap, isn't it? You go to those other stupid uh, coffee places, and they'll charge you that much for a cup of coffee. There you go. So there you go. You can have oh, it. yeah. Coffee's a rip-off, eh? <laughs> <laughs> and a muffin. Oh, no, I suppose muffins aren't so bad, but yeah, it's just a bit of bean, and yeah, definitely rip-off. All you need is a pack of chips, a pie, and a 
cup of coffee That's from right. Coffees of Hawaii coffees and you're away laughing. And you're as happy as Larry. Okay, um, so just a little bits here. So if you uh, want to go into the website and click on an ad, that's cool for us. Um, go to the Amazon store if you're going to buy anything. Go to our Amazon store. Again, you don't have to necessarily click on our stuff. Just use the search from our store. Um, Get onto our site and buy those jerseys. The cutoff date is May 16th. For the first bunch. For the first bunch, and then we will basically be getting them made and we'll be getting shipped out to people as quickly as we can but there probably will be a few weeks delay so I would what say what we should do is the first person to get themselves in the photo of the jersey on gets a big picture on the website mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah nice that's pretty cool yeah yeah, liking that. Liking yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so remember that it's one hundred and fifteen dollars. One hundred and fifteen dollars plus your shipping plus costs. Shipping. You don't need uh, a, a PayPal account. You can use a Visa card. PayPal. Pay- I always do that, don't I? And uh, that's pretty much it. What else do we got to say? Um, if you want to donate, oh, probably yeah, probably just um, in terms of questions, maybe holding off for a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's right. We're actually like if you normally what we try to do is you, you email us. Um, I try to respond within the day that you actually send it. Sometimes it doesn't happen, but generally I respond pretty well. Um, you may find over the next couple of weeks, I'm off to Auckland tomorrow for about a week and a half, and John's in Poland. So uh, those type of things are probably going to get filmed by the wayside. But we will get back to it eventually. So if you've got any main questions you want to hold, um, have, um, you know, keep them in your mind, and then send them in a couple of weeks from now. Uh, but our email is imantalk at gmail.com, so it's kind of cool. Anything else? Uh, John's Kitchen website? triathloncoach.net for a little bit longer. Oh. It's not much longer, just a little bit. But if you look at the jersey, you can figure out the new one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's a bit of a clue for you. <laughs> and uh, someone goes to me, where's your name on the jersey? <laughs> I, was like, I don't have a website. Um, anything, else? anything else? What are you up to now, John? What are you up to for the rest of the week? I'm back home, do a bit of work, and then... Uh, <laughs> we're a bit lost, we? <laughs> Where are we? So it's Tuesday next week. I am in. I'll be, I'll be on my way to Frankfurt. I'll be between LA and Frankfurt this time next week. Oh. Mm. I'll be teaching a step class. Yeah. So, great. Yeah. So, yeah. Outstanding. Woohoo! That's it's a good show. Uh, yeah. Oh, really? This yeah. one here? It's fan- fantastic. Of course it is. Special thanks to Albert, obviously, for coming on the show today. Yeah. Really nice guy. So Really like nice guy, honestly. He's a machine athlete as well. And, and I wasn't joking about the running. When you see this guy run, he is like. Gives it to himself. He, he really, really does. He just smacks the crap out of it. And he's just really, you know, how you see some athletes who just when they're running, they're very focused. Yeah. And he's got that, you know, that hunger in his eye, hasn't he? There's one thing I was, I was commenting to a friend of, um, who lived in Monaco when we were in Epic Camp, and I was commenting how it was really interesting on Epic Camp that for me, you're around a bunch of these guys, you know, maybe, how many people are doing it? Maybe 20 people? 20 odd, yep. yeah. So you're around those guys every day, and you're all pushing yourself to the limits. But I found it really interesting that my perception of them is I saw them as little kids. Mm. Not, not like young, young kids, but like I saw them as little boys, you know, going out and doing your training, and it was like I, the connection I had maybe gave me that perspective on them, and I remember just seeing Albert like running like a madman, and it kind of reminded me of what I was like when I was a kid, you know, when you're just kind of doing your running races, and uh, I know I just thought that was kind of special, so we, I thought I'd share that with them. We're kindling your youth, eh? Ah, oh, it's a beautiful thing. Mm, anyway, wrap it up. we should wrap it up because yeah, let's do it. What how, do we, how do we finish off? We go. You start it. I do. Are you trying to you trying to get me to do it? No, no. Oh. Iron rusts. <laughs> I mean, don't train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. kaha.